Hello and welcome to episode four of Talk Witchcraft podcast. Today I'll be sharing information about witchcraft tools and materials, including altars and other sacred spaces, and how to be resourceful. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. An important aspect of witchcraft is maintaining a sacred space. This is an organized, calm, and relaxing space that you have specifically set aside for rituals and spell work. Now, I mentioned in episode one that I try to keep my entire home as a sacred space, and depending on your lifestyle and living circumstances, you may choose to do this as well, or you could focus on a single room or create an altar in one area of a room. So an altar is a type of sacred space. And again, I told you in episode one that this is a space that I do maintain as sacred no matter what. Now, many of our ancestors kept an altar in their home. They would dedicate it to certain gods and goddesses. They would burn candles or incense and leave offerings to their deity in exchange for guidance or prosperity or protection or any other attribute that they're seeking. So altars can serve an important purpose for the practical and modern witch as well. It is a space dedicated to magical and spiritual work. It can help you get into the proper mindset for whatever magic you would like to perform. And it also serves as a visual reminder of your intention so that your witchy path doesn't get too far to the side of your mundane daily life. So the intention of a sacred space depends on where it is in your home and the purpose that you need it to fill. You'll set your intention of the sacred space so that it is protected from negative, stagnant, or unwanted energy and spirits and is inviting to positive and beneficial energy and spirits. You might incorporate items that enhance your sensual perception of the space through sight, sound, smell, and touch, but the key is your intention. Now your altar or your sacred space is where you will probably keep your materials and tools. When you perform a ritual or cast a spell or do some sort of magical working, you will likely incorporate a variety of tools such as a broom, candles, and a wand. The purpose of tools in witchcraft is mostly practical, Some witches like to have tools that are only for magical use, and some will use the same tool for both magical and mundane purposes. So I'm going to share my top five tools that I use in my witchcraft practice, and you might like to use them in yours. The first item is a broom or besom, which you can make yourself or ask someone else to make for you. It is generally used not as a traditional broom for sweeping physical dirt, but rather for cleansing energetically. I keep my broom by my altar and I personally never let it touch the ground. Another tool many witches use is a candle. 
and this is probably my most used magical tool. There's actually a whole branch of magic that is dedicated to working with candles. This tool is very convenient for magic because they are readily available, you can buy them pretty much anywhere, and they're generally inexpensive. Because of this, they make it really easy for witches who are not out of the broom closet, so to speak, to practice openly. Nobody's going to suspect you're a witch just because you're burning a candle. A cauldron is another tool that is traditionally easy to hide in plain sight because they are indistinguishable from cooking pots. As a kitchen witch, I consider the pots and pans I use for cooking my cauldrons. And a cauldron can be anything that is made from heat-proof materials. So modern witches can purchase witch cauldrons to use. You can use anything that is made from a heat-proof material. Many are even small enough to fit on an altar. I use my cauldron for collecting materials like paper or leaves as part of a spell, especially when they need to be lit on fire. That's why it needs to be heat proof. But I also use it for practical purposes like mixing herbs for a spell bag and for just holding a candle. Tarot cards are not exclusively a witchcraft tool, but many witches do enjoy using them, myself included. There are many ways to use tarot cards in witchcraft. The most common way is for divination, which is a practice of seeking answers from the divine about questions you have around your circumstances and the things you are facing in your life. I also use tarot cards in spell work and for self-care, personal guidance, and shadow work. There are so many ways to use the tarot. And a final tool that we'll discuss in this episode is the wand. This is a very personal magical tool used for directing your magical energy to a precise location. If you choose to use a wand, choose it carefully and attune it with your energy. Many witches choose wands that are not longer than your forearm, and often they're made out of a sacred wood. But some witches even consider a finger to be their wand. So do what feels right to you. Now I've created a document called The Ultimate Guide to Witchcraft Tools, and you can find it by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 004. And when you are there, you'll find the the show notes for this episode and a place where you can enter your email address so I can send this guide directly to your inbox. So now let's talk about materials, because when you perform a ritual or cast a spell, you will also likely incorporate a variety of materials like herbs and crystals. The purpose of materials in witchcraft is to give yourself something physical to focus your thoughts on. This anchors your thoughts in the physical realm to begin the manifestation process in the spiritual realm. Now, all parts of the plant and all types of plants are generally considered herbs. They fall under this herb umbrella when it comes to witchcraft. So trees, shrubs, grasses, flowers, roots, leaves, fruit, seeds, all of these are herbs. They are commonly used in spells and also in herbalism. When you use herbs for magic, the focus is more on the symbolism and the energetic component of a plant in relation to the spiritual body. And then herbalism explores the chemical components and the science of how plants affect the physical body. So these kind of overlap, but there is a distinction. 
And you can use herbs in teas, tinctures, spell bags and jars, candle magic, incense, and so many different other ways. Now the word crystal is often used as a catch-all term for all stones and crystals and minerals and metals, just as an easy way to kind of sum those all up. And crystals are both magical tools and magical materials. Different crystals are associated with one or more of the four elements. They're associated with the zodiac signs and the planets. And they are believed to have various magical properties as well. One very important use for crystals and spell work is to cleanse and charge your other magical tools. They can also be used in creating a sacred space and for helping you get into the right mindset for spell work. So remember that witches make do with what they have available to them. No tool is inherently magical until the witch assigns it a task. You'll gather your tools and materials slowly, and in doing so, you become familiar with each item as it comes into your life. It's okay to want special and beautiful things. That's part of the fun. That's part of what makes witchcraft magical. Just build your collection very intentionally and be resourceful, inventive, and scrappy with what you already have. So I have some tips to be resourceful as you are building your collection of witchcraft tools and materials. The first is to go to the dollar store and thrift stores, because when you go to these types of stores, you can often find really low cost items. Now don't go in with anything in mind, just walk every aisle and something is bound to pop out as usable for witchcraft, especially if you get creative. Now another tip is to go outside. You can collect natural items from the great outdoors. Look at the ground, learn your local trees and plants, then stop when you see something. Get other nature-inclined friends to scope out spots for you and watch for animals around to see if they lead you to something interesting. Collect, collect trash too when you are on a walk outside. You, you clean up the earth in doing so, but then you can also sometimes use this trash for something in your witchcraft practice. Which leads me to the next tip, which is to repurpose and do it yourself. So you might have collected some trash from the ground outside, but you can also collect your own trash and your own recyclables like jars and containers that food comes in. So you can look around your house for things to repurpose and you can look for ways to turn what would normally be waste um, into something useful or beautiful. Another tip is to make friends. If you befriend other witches and pagans, even if they practice way differently than you do, you can learn a lot from each other. Interaction with other witches can be one of the greatest teachers about who you are and who you aren't. But also, oftentimes, witchy people may have tools and materials that they don't really use anymore or beginner books that they want to give away. You may be gifted something from them and you can always pay it forward later on down the line when you have something to share with someone else. Similarly, you can join in on swaps online. After you've bought a few things and gotten some gifts and picked some things up outside, you will probably have some extra stuff. So you can offer what you can in these online swaps 
And it's important to take near anything that's offered to you in exchange. Because if you don't like it, you can always gift it to another friend or you can offer it in an unrelated swap in that swap group. So gifts, uh, again, you can mention generally general stuff that you are looking for to your friends who like to give gifts. And you can ask at holidays and even at your birthday for, for specific things that you could witchify. A great tip is clearance sales, especially Halloween clearance sales, because craft stores often have coupons on their receipt for pretty big discounts. And then at Halloween, they are getting rid of all of this really fun, witchy stuff that's meant to be used as decor. But if you're a witch, you can use it all year round. This is especially a good time to find black candles, which are much harder to find the rest of the year. Another tip is kind of several in one, but it's just kind of to be observant when you're out and about. You might find some free boxes, uh, especially in low-income hipster artist areas. People will often leave boxes on the corner full of some pretty interesting stuff that you can sort through. Libraries have book piles that you might want to sort through. You can use these to, you can repurpose old books into a new grimoire or you might find something that you can use the pages for collages um, or for a vision board or all sorts of different ways to use those. There's certain uh, places where you can go like a you pick or a pick and save or you pull it up these types of car lots where you can go and there's broken down and wrecked cars you can pull things off of these vehicles for a low low fee it's usually quite cheap so you can get things like mirrors out of this you can get wires um, fabric for bags there's all kinds of stuff that you can collect from cars for pretty cheap you can also look on craigslist craigslist is great because a lot of times people will not want to they don't want to remove their junk they want someone else to take it and their junk may be a treasure for you so you can look on there and since they are willing to get rid of it very um very quickly and they don't want to have to deal with it you can usually get it for pretty cheap as well so you might find some interesting things there you can look on free cycle type trade groups. You can go dumpster diving, especially near college campuses. At the end of the school year, college students are often leaving behind really awesome things that they can't take home because they live out of state. And finally, just be patient, be observant, be patient, give it time and be giving to other giving people. So you can save your money and be ready to purchase when you see the exact thing that you want or need. Now for your homework, I want you to decide on one tool that you would love to add to your collection and find a place to either purchase it, to repurpose something in your home to serve this role, the, the role of this tool, or to create it yourself out of maybe garbage or nature materials or something else. So in this episode, I told you about sacred spaces, including the altar. I also explained my top five most used tools and discussed materials like herbs and crystals. Then I gave you several tips for being resourceful as you grow your witchcraft collection. 
You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash zero zero four. Join me in the next episode when we will talk about energy work, including energy points, the auras, and three basic energy work practices. Also, be sure that you subscribe so that you get a notification anytime I upload a new episode. And to help other witches find this show and to help me grow my podcast, please leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook with the handle at Mumbles and Things. And you can join us in the Mumbles and Things Facebook group to chat about this episode with other witchy folks. Just go to talkwitchcraft.com. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out mumblesacademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice, Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.